0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, Episode 1. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author, Eric Pepin. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash higher balance. Designed by the Rebel Guru himself, Eric Pepin magnetic pill was made to enhance results with all higher balance training accelerate sensory development achieve deeper meditations better overall focus and so much more go to magneticpill.com forward slash rebel for ten dollars off every month or get a three-month supply with our buy two get one free special In this episode, Eric teaches us how to see and harness pranic energy. This is the fuel that powers your ability to heal someone, see things dimensionally, and experience a deep connection with the universe. Most schools of thinking don't teach you how to collect and utilize prana, which severely limits your potential of achieving anything spiritual or psychic. Eric delves into the complexities of pranic energy using simple analogies everyone can understand. Explore kundalini energy, auras, tonal and frequency, and the difference between prana and dark side energy. Learn methods to bring this energy into you. Build your relationship with the force and allow it to remove obstacles in your life as it lifts your spirit above the static haze of everyday human consciousness. This episode is a real treat for all you energy connoisseurs out there. Enjoy.
1: What do you mean by energy?
2: Well, energy is an overused word in the New Age spiritual community it's taken on the form of you know it's like ketchup it's just used for everything and assumed that it's all the same thing and the truth is energy is a refined source that is utilized for different things but at the end of the day i always say the first thing somebody needs to understand is that energy is a very real thing and in order to begin to build that relationship because it's not gonna be intense for you until you practice and you work with it you do need a work and model and that work and model uh, is something that you've seen before you probably just don't know what it is or what it was so I would say to a person if you are sitting in a room and you shut off the lights having ambient light is perfect okay and look across a room uh, at something in the distance 10 20 feet away when you do that there is something that's in between you and whatever the object is you're looking at in the distance and what you become aware of is that there's almost like a fog a haze a static in the air and that static that you see we refer to as the force or the energy or presence of god that permeates the entire universe That is the primary source of energy. So what I teach is that when you let your mind become aware of that static in the room, you'll notice that your breathing begins to slow you breathe a little bit more shallow because your body begins to react once it realizes that there's something there so in in a sense i suppose it's thinking it's smoke or something you know like that so the body's kind of trying to figure out or understand what it is because there it is it's right in front of you if you relax yourself and begin to clear your mind empty your mind and just be aware of that static you're going to start to have what i call a a focusing effect your mind then begins to not only see the static but it starts to define the static to the point where you can start to see what look like little tiny dots of very dim but illuminated uh light and they're so micro that you realize it's still kind of part of that static that that fog if you will but As your mind concentrates on it, you can actually start to define it and start to see it closer and closer to your eye because you realize it's everywhere. As you are looking at it and you begin to see the defined separateness, it's like little molecules if you will. That is the primary beginning of you understanding that there is energy everywhere. So this is the building block of removing filters in your brain that's saying, you know, these things are not possible or it's it's something that's not real. You know, as much as you want to believe, you need something to escalate the logical thinker in you. And in that process, this starts to free up the connectiveness with your own personal energy field. That personal energy field that you have, of course, you can say is an electrical current that makes your heart pump, your brain think, all these things, but there is an energy because of this that emanates from the body. We know that there's an electromagnetic field. We know that like sharks in the ocean can sense these things from, from all living things. They emanate from your body. The idea now is to clear your mind, for instance, like in meditation, and become unified with the static energy thinking of the universe or god and in so doing we often say breathe in the prana in essence it's not that you're literally breathing it in but the idea of your mind bringing in this static this energy this this static charge this presence of god okay moving it into you okay is what is happening you're you're becoming one with it like two tuning forks matching the more that you match the frequency of the static, the more you are disconnected from all your troubles in the world, all of the programs that control or manipulate you. It's almost like you're you're stepping out of that level of conscious manipulation, if you will. You're moving into what I would call, well, for all intents and purposes, love. Um, you know, uh, in order to attract this energy to you, you have to to feel as if you want to move towards it it's almost like if you reach for the hand of God God's hand will reach for you the universe doesn't push itself on you you have to be willing to receive it or what we say consciously choosing to receive it I think that's the disconnect with people is that we become so inundated with life that we forget that the force is continuously around us and because we never think of the force this static energy this presence that it diminishes within us and that the more that we find a way to acknowledge it in our day-to-day life the more powerful the more um, in tune the more spiritual we become so it's one thing to breathe in the prana and build it as if it was a reservoir inside of you building this energy so that you become stronger with it it's resonating with you it's in the marrow of your bones even okay another way to look at it which is very very powerful and it's often overlooked is simply to to look at the static energy and see it as being a presence or representation of God and essentially allow its love to move into you to feel as if you could be loved and to love it back I often say that the moment that we we think of love it removes all of these uh, barriers inside of us. And the only last barrier that's left is this sense in some of us that we don't deserve the love of God, like we're not good enough. And this comes into this thing that I just don't believe that the universe is judgmental. The, the universe wants to love you the same way that a plant or a flower is reaching to, to expand its leaves, like your arms opening, that that it's only at the, the pinnacle moment that it begins to flower, that it really opens its heart to the universe to love it. So in a sense, you have to receive this energy by allowing yourself to love it and allowing it to love you, more importantly. And although it's kind of hard to look at the idea of energy and love love is a thought love is an unconditional term that's designed in all of us and it's compassionate and we need it the idea that we need it versus being starved of it defines how in tune or how abundantly it can move in you so in essence by looking at the static in the air seeing it in its molecular form, and the more you concentrate on it, the more detailed it actually becomes. It's like veils being peeled away, filters being peeled away optically, that you begin to to see the defineness of these uh, static energy everywhere. And in essence, you know, I always say think of the, the baby blue or blue because you're going to see different kind of colors there. And what you want to do is just draw on love. That's all what, what will be attracted to you. This is a fuel. This is an energy. It is a, a source of great power, a.k.a. love. Creation is the presence of God that moves and fills you. So this is the first source of harnessing what I would call energy or allowing God to move into you abundantly. It's at that point where you build this energy, you have to recognize that that energy is slightly different than your organic energy or the electricity moving to create thoughts and moving. But it's similar. It will will coexist and it will amplify. Now as this energy builds in your body as you become a receptacle and you think about it on a daily basis from time to time that you practice that you work with it that you focus and you bring it in it's very important that you try to have a couple times during the week where you acknowledge this static energy because this builds the strength of your consciousness relationship to make it real which allows it to come into you even stronger receiving it as love receiving as energy now Like I said before, it's also like a reservoir. As it builds in you, this is where you can begin to use this energy, this fuel. Everything in the universe needs an exchange of energy. Wood to become fire, fire needs wood. Uh, Wood needs water, so on and so forth. Everything needs an exchange of energy. This is the exchange of energy that you need in order to heal someone, in order to see things dimensionally or spiritually, to feel a connectedness of the universe, what lifts your spirit like wings coming out of you to lift you above what I call the static haze of human consciousness. You need something to empower that lift. That lift comes from the relationship with the force that you are building. The, the connectiveness, the feeling, bringing it into you, letting it build in you, experiencing what that's like. And the fact that it literally begins removing obstacles in your life. So in order to do anything psychic or spiritual or have a revelation where your mind is bending time and space, You need this pranic energy, if you will, this static energy, call it what you want, harnessed into you. And the only way you do that is by almost hugging it, loving it, bringing it in, visualizing it coming into you and filling you. Now, this will begin to build... Into a pooling of different areas of energy depending on what areas you're working on. Now we teach in the meditation format that when we focus on a particular nervous system in our body by just touch, that it's converted into a kind of usable energy, whether it be for spiritual, whether it be for psychic, whether it be for day-to-day life uh, resolving or removing obstacles in your life. So in the sense it also can pull into your kundalini which is known as an energy that can be very intense and when people work with that kundalini as i've taught you can feel this intense heat building in you this is because it's manifesting it's it's like think of the creation of the universe this came from the presence of God's creation itself, it created it within itself. So this is a, a a coalescence of that energy. That's how powerful it is. So in a sense, you're doing the same thing inside of you. You're you're sharing that. So when when you feel this Kundalini, this is because it first started off from the static energy that you are seeing. That you brought it into you. So this is uses a different tool of energy to have different effects closer to an organic level that moves into spiritual. So if you were to move it into your heart energy, then you're going to have this immense amount of love, this immense amount of peace coming into your life. If you move it into what we consider your mind chakra properly, then that energy too will be used as a fuel to move your mind uh, in the sense of time and space and telepathy and astral travel and mind projection, this is where this is a fuel that enables this to happen and it's the biggest disconnect from all paranormal spiritual groups it's like they they don't see the connection and this is what limits the effects that these people usually have and the fact that they get discouraged over time they don't see that they need a very specific fuel and energy in order to have the effect that they're they're looking or applying themselves to so healing energy, of course, is this, this movement into your chest that you bring this energy into. And we go into this in a lot of the, the classes I teach much more specifically. but. If you want to heal someone, one, you you have to have this abundant amount of this love energy and then lower energy, and it's like a, a harmonic between the two, and that it allows you to move into the energy field of someone else. It allows the cellular structure of their cells to begin to understand almost convey what needs to be affected or changed it's the same thing with someone's mind it's the same thing with someone's spirit if you will these things are all tunes frequencies which we refer to as energy but they start off as an exchange energy that's manifested into a tool or a direction or a type of energy that communicates with life or cells or organisms or consciousness or things even beyond that
1: what is the difference between prana and energy? They seem to be used interchangeably.
2: They are absolutely used interchangeably. And the thing is, is that they're essentially the same thing, but they're not. And I, I know this sounds like a one of those crazy contradictions, but I'll, I'll try to explain. Prana, in essence, is what I'm saying that you're seeing for the static fuzz. It's it's purest representation of that and it's everywhere. And you can, once you learn to see it in in a dim light and you get past that veil of, of it being like forbidden for your consciousness to see, because it, your brain almost removes that ability, you can then begin to see it during the day or anywhere. And it's not like it's it's visible to you 24 seven. It's like a switch in your head. It's this place that you go to and that's something else you have to monitor once you can feel that shift in you this is an operational state of consciousness it's where you do per se profound things okay and so when you think of prana this is a very specific thought okay and that thought says you are drawing on a very specific kind of energy almost like the like you're saying to the universe i want to draw on a very pure level of energy for the use of spiritual gain, for the use of uh, spiritual practice, okay? When we see energy, instead of thinking of it as prana, okay, it's a, it's a way of perceiving. But thought is consciousness. It is a kind of energy that is creating this this uh, holographic idea in your mind that's still energy, Okay, it's what, what the little pixels in your mind that, that paint this image or it's the, the pixels of thought that chain together that weave together like thread creating a a, a, a rug or, or or a fabric. It begins to become that idea. It's it's still energy interweaving this to become a, a thought pattern that you follow, like computer programming. So when we think of prana, we're literally almost changing the approach to this energy by communicating to it because it, it feels our emotions it reciprocates that it doesn't understand words but it understands what you feel prana has a certain feeling to it if you think of static energy it's very different it's much broader it's softer in a sense and when you think of prana it's like your mind understands ultimately if you really feel it out inside of you that it's it's coalescent it's it's like gathering the static energy to become a kind of energy okay which I call the blue dots the blue energy the the more condensed and this is what you then begin to bring into you do you understand so that's the difference prana is more specifically a it's almost the same thing it's just one hairline step of difference between the two I mean, the real question comes in is what will enter everybody's mind. Well, which one is better? And I would say that ultimately I would rather approach the universe as bringing in that energy into me as as love than to even be concerned about the idea of prana. But prana is a necessity to, to get more specialized when you're working with students or with people because words tend to shape and mold the contour of our thoughts and and how we can approach things. We live in a very physical world, so everything has a name, a tag. You know, that's a lamp. This is a, a chair. This is a computer. So by calling something static energy, it's almost like too vague of an idea. So by, by using the word prana, we're able to take our mind and approach it for a specific way that we want to work with that energy but at the end of the day they're virtually the same thing
1: what is the difference between auras and prana
2: well this gets into a very you know um, a tricky kind of breakdown but first of all that would be the second thing that we always teach people is I always hear People say, you know, or we ask them, "Can you see the aura?" And they're like, "Sure, I can see the aura." We'll say, "Well, we we'll show us what you see." And they're always kind of a little step back by that, that we actually ask them to show us, you know, tell us what you're seeing. And they often, I would say, seventy-five percent of the time, will go, "Well, it's kind of like this, or it's kind of like that." Blah, blah blah. And We'll be like, "Well, what does it actually look like? Can you explain it? Can you break it down?" And they'll say, well, it's a glow coming off of your body. I said, well, can you be any more specific that? The long, you know, the the short story to the the long is that they honestly will eventually admit that they don't really see it. It's something that they feel more. Well, to me, that's imagination, you know? I mean, it's not to say it's truly imagination. You can feel it. But then why try to describe it? Why not describe what you're feeling rather than what you're trying to say that you're seeing? That's a little bit mis- guided or you know, kind of not the information I'm looking for. again, this is again this new age approach that drives me nuts. This is why people have limited experiences, limited results and why they keep searching for better answers. they are or they feel like failures and they they cannot do what these other people are saying and they almost give up on their spiritual path, which infuriates me to to a point. So the aura absolutely, as both of you guys know, can be seen with the human eye and we basically teach a method and everybody has seen the aura it's just that they didn't know what it was or they don't have a system to see it on demand like when they really want to see it rather than they they notice something like it's oh my god this is kind of interesting or unusual but they don't know why or what reason made that happen so by giving people the tools to see the human aura this is, again, a removing of veils in their mind, limitations that are still connected to bigger and greater, more powerful spiritual experiences. So the aura is in part a, a hodgepodge, if you will, of various forms of, of again, energies. You have your life force which is the electrical current moving through your body, the energy and electricity produced by all your living cells, your, your your giant universal, you know, system of living organisms inside of you have electrical currents constantly moving, okay, throughout your whole body. This is what's creating a hue, if you will, a an emanation of energy that radiates off you or this electromagnetic field, okay? Now, as you become more self-aware or you reflect on what you are then at that moment it's as if it amplifies or it increases okay the this electrical it's almost like it, it, it 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 excites it in a sense so all the cells in your body now are more or less reaching out to the static field i talked about earlier and they're almost like reaching for the static field the static field then is attracted to them it like becomes aware it's like a magnetic pull to one another and as long as that thought is occurring you once again are naturally building this energy field so it becomes brighter or becomes stronger or becomes more uh, illuminated in a way so let me stop on illuminated illuminated is probably a word that is very Um, misguiding in certain ways because when people think of the aura they hear about this energy that comes from the body this illumination and the thing is is that that illumination is so dim it's so faint that the idea of an illumination makes you look for something glowing in the dark and this is where we have to be very very careful with words especially somebody just beginning that they need to understand that the aura is absolutely transparent it's so fine, it's so transparently at first see-through that, you know, again, we teach the, the process of doing this. We can teach somebody in five minutes how to see it. So once you understand that, you're not overcompensating to look for something and just giving up. Once you know what you're looking for, it's as clear as day. You can't deny it okay then as you work with it just like the static energy it can become very intense very illuminated in some cases almost like create a bolt uh, a burst of light like a flash all of a sudden and it can be uh, various colors so but more of that later so the aura is the energy field of the body it is also the first arc if you will the the craft the body that you are building that creates the vessel to carry your consciousness aka what becomes your soul your your soul is coexisting with your organic body and your thoughts and your ideas of course are biochemical organically but they're also energy, they're, they're a collection of, of, to say, like molecules that have protons spinning around them, you are creating patterns of thought that stay together by a conscious will, if you, if you would say. So it's it's your thoughts, it's your ideas. So So in essence, if you don't feed this dimensional body, if you don't work with it, if you don't get familiar with it, you know, then you're at a disadvantage by the time you're, you're going to part your life per se. If you work with that and you feed it and you build it, just like an organic body, it needs food, okay? So does your spiritual body, if you will, or this this dimensional body needs prana, if you will, or the static energy as a fuel and you need to get familiar with it. You need to build this relationship with it while you're a living being. And in so doing, when you leave your body, consciousness is inside of that second vessel. It's an in, it's in energy form, an energy body, if you will, that's actually containing all of your collective thought, all of your collective memory, your identity, and all of this information stays together without it separating or or becoming like smoke in the air you need to hold it together to hold your consciousness together as a living being that's moving outside of your organic physical body so your aura is the emanation if you will the coexisting of your dimensional body and it's like to say it's puffed up an inch or two larger than your physical body or it's to say that it is truly would emanate an energy field. Now, keep in mind, all things have an aura. Everything in this reality has an energy to it, and you can see an aura almost on anything, okay? But living auras from living creatures are divinely unique to that which are inanimate. And those that are of a higher intelligence, like human beings, of course, the, the energy will appear different. And the more spiritual somebody becomes, or the more, Uh, involved in that spiritual level, you will also see a defined difference in the aura. It's like a little bit more robust or it's a little bit more unique. And it certainly can be felt. It's not to discredit people to say that they don't feel the aura. I'm just saying that to say that they see it and then they admit later that they can't see it is kind of misguided information. It's very important to be specific with people so they can be trained correctly and be able to do and experience these things.
1: What is frequency?
2: Frequency is another broad word that falls into static energy, if you will, the presence of God, the force, um, prana. Frequency is the same way to say that you have emotions. When you have an angry state of mind and if you want to look at it as a non-organic, okay, it's to say that that's a frequency. Okay, when you're, you're happy, this is a frequency okay now one would say why don't you just call it happy why don't you call it just angry in your mind every single time that we use words it it grounds us it makes us stay in our organic body it's almost as if you could say that there is a new language that's created to define your spiritual self to build the relationship okay versus your physical self so when one thinks of, of joy or happiness, you, we think about that physically. We have a smile on our face. we got a physical movement in our cheeks. We organically feel that. When we say a positive frequency, immediately we know that that's not necessarily organic, that, that it's spiritual or it's dimensional or it's from our dimensional body. Okay, So it's, it's to say that we are almost talking two different things, But we're talking about very similar things. So to say that you're going to move into a frequency or a kind of energy, it means that you're moving your emotional thought, which is much more complex, but also cleaner because it doesn't have biochemical kind of incantations to it. It doesn't have emotions that are human-based. It's to say that you have to rise above that into various frequencies of consciousness or frequencies of dimensions. You can't enter a dimension like walking just into it necessarily. So we want to move our Energy body, our spiritual body, this other vessel. So when we're in that state of mind, we need to to think or stay in that state of mind. So we refer to things as frequencies, in order to relate on that effect or that um, experience. If we if we don't use those words, it's too grounded, it's too physical, and we relate. ourselves, we detach from our spiritual consciousness or from our psychic consciousness and we we start to ground ourselves to what we consider a red cell level, a a very human day-to-day kind of thinking. When we think in terms of frequencies, we think in terms immediately that this is something beyond our organic self and it allows you to operate on these other uh, levels of existence or dimensions or time and space, it makes things more approachable and it's less also limited. It's to say that when we think of time where we're in a sense organically kind of at its mercy, when we think of it in a context of frequency and time, we in, in immediately understand that we can affect it. We can can move around it. When we think about distance and space, when we think about it in those terms, we think there's a great limitation, we, we can't move into outer space, we can't – so right away this creates the limitations of our consciousness because we think in ourselves as human. When you begin to think yourself beyond human or, or not just human and you say, well, I'm, I can move into a frequency that allows my mind to move through time and space or distance, it all of a sudden makes sense to us and it's through that that sense that removes the limitations the the governor if you will that prevents us from moving out into those regions
3: is there a difference between tonal and frequency
2: yes tonal is to say that frequency is often a a exterior. When you when you think about the words, you have a knowing inside of you. I always say that the chest is a different kind of brain. It's where your intelligence resides in your uh, body. It's like just it's just another kind of intelligence. Same thing just in your lower gut. It's another intelligence. There's three of them, okay? So when we say frequency, immediately we can feel, if you listen, if you feel carefully, that that's an exterior movement. It's an, it's like it's like reaching for something or looking for something or listening for something in a direction that's exterior-wise. Okay, when we think of tonal, we think of inner. We think about like putting ourselves in a certain state, a certain mood, okay? Our tonal is internal. It is internal within our organic body. It's also internal within our spiritual body. And it also is what starts bringing to the next level, which is causal, which is this this absolute finite level of what's really connected to, to the universe and reality and time and space. So tonal, you could say, is the almost like what would be the flesh to the body. Tonal is the texture of your spiritual body. And because it's energy and it, it is a, a sensitive effect, just like you're sensitive to emotion, and we know the human body's immune system will drop, all the, the living cells in your body will become more susceptible to disease by depression, or it will increase through joy. Your tonal is much the same way. Your tonal is the texture or the substance of your spiritual body and what happens is is that when you do spiritual things or you acknowledge the universe and you bring what could be the static or put out the love your tonal becomes much stronger you literally can feel it building in you okay when you are not reflecting on tonal or interior then there is this this sleep that diminishes almost like starving and weakening your spiritual body. And in essence, that's what we call going into a sleep. Like you almost forget that you're spiritual. You don't feel spiritual. You feel like you're not where you were at one time. And that's because you were acknowledging likely the universe on a regular basis. It's much easier to go through life acknowledging life because we're in the thick of it. Okay. It's more difficult maintaining your, your tonal, your spiritual aspect. Okay. Because that's something we have to, to work for or work towards. So it's very important that you stay in good tonal, and it's very important you stay in good shape. (laughs) You had mentioned
3: how the body gets sick when it's not properly nourished.
2: Yes. Is
3: it the same for the spiritual body when one doesn't take in prana on a consistent basis? Would they be more susceptible to being influenced by
2: negative energy in an environment? absolutely i mean think of it you you internally know these things if you're an older soul you you know when when i say them it's it's just common sense the difference is, is that my mind is probably at a better state a higher tonal if you will okay better shape i'm able to understand these things greater so i'm what i'm seeing is something that you guys are not necessarily seeing so it's it's how do i communicate so that you guys get it like it snaps and you're like Totally get it. Once you get it, it's it's really effective because it changes everything. But yeah, if your tonal's low, first of all, you constantly have what I call the dough. The dough is the human grind, the human consciousness—it's like a Wi-Fi everywhere. Everybody's got issues. Everybody's got anxieties. You currently now have a, a, the politics going on and TV, and it's just negative and it creates anxiety in you. This is the things that ground you to to this low level of survival. It's almost like this 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 fight fight or flight kind of thing. And you there's nothing to fight and there's there's nowhere else to run, so it creates this anxiety. Okay. When you um, go through these things, these of course affect your biological self, it affects your your day-to-day life, okay? So with tonal, when it's low, it's the same thing. You you are moving your mind to be just susceptible to that, and the only way to move outside of that is to build your tonal, and it's, it's almost ridiculously simple in a way, just by starting off in exactly the way I said earlier. If you make it a part of your day, this is why we say meditate. You know, this is what empowers you. We, if you think about, you know, your practice, this is why we teach so many different things. It's just just, just such a, a level of of crafting and building your yourself, your your consciousness, your power, your spiritualness. Call it whatever you want, but the universe wants you strong. So, in essence, by building or moving your tonal to a higher level, building it more robust. Day-to-day life almost auto-corrects itself. You'll you'll notice as you become more spiritual that your relationship in life starts to redirect. Things start to happen in a more positive direction. Things, uh, whether it be monetarily, whether it be relationship-wise, whether it be work-wise, whatever, it's almost like it's just like the universe all of a sudden wants to help you to help yourself. Do you see what I'm saying? And in essence, you feel better. You you feel this inner strength, this inner love, this inner relationship like you're not in this alone. You you realize that the force is with you. And the only way to be strong with the force is to be receptive or aware of it. What happens to anybody when you you don't feel like you're getting attention in the sense nurturing or or acknowledgement or anything. Well, this is what we do to the universe and this is self-receptive because it will never push on us. We have to be open to receiving. We have to think about it. We have to think about hugging the universe if you will, and it in turn hugs us which raises our tonal. Our tonal raises and it starts to remove us from the dough, this, this conscious grid, and it begins to separate us so we can operate what would be considered on a higher level. It, it It is what allows us now to affect humanity. It allows us to affect aspects that we see that are negative, okay, or uh, anger, hate, evil, suppression, call it whatever you want, this is why you develop the skills that I teach, so that you can say, I'm going to intervene on this and and try to correct that problem, or I will correct that problem through the means that you have. And so, again, building your tonal is what's going to make your life better, and it has an effect on your organic self. It has an effect on your consciousness. It, it, it fixes everything. But if you neglect it, if you forget to nourish it, if you forget to work it, it's just like the body. Over time, it, it weakens.
3: So by raising your tonal, are you better able to affect other
2: frequencies? Absolutely. It's, in, it's intuitive. It's absolutely intuitive. You'll know when you're around a person that has great tonal. You'll feel it. You'll There's this admiration. This, this something that you feel. It's just like when we see people who are physically fit, We you know, there's this admiration we have and we're like, God, I wish I could be more in shape. But, you know, in, in essence, it's similar, but it's much more profound than than just all of that. But if you neglect your tonal, if you neglect building it, then your life will be neglected also. It has this rain down effect, especially for those of us that are very spiritual, those of us who are designed to be connected to the force Um, when we try to live our lives or our lives get sucked in to to the dough, to life, then we usually get a a bigger tumble, I call it, a a bigger, rougher, harder time in life. Because the one thing that was designed to protect us, to make us flourish in life, is this connectedness to the universe and that acknowledgement, that reciprocation that feeds your tonal. And so when you forget to do it, then life goes south and you're, you're upset. You're, you're mad about your spirituality, mad about this. I guarantee you every single time it's because you are not reflecting on the universe in a way that's, that's receiving it, letting it love you and you loving it back and it auto-corrects your life and it's that fast and it's unconditional.
1: What do you do when there's negative energy around you and you want to protect yourself against it?
2: as i teach in other classes there you know there's 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 a lot of knowledge it's like kung fu you you for every situation there's a counter move for every poison there is an antidote when you're amassed in a level of negative energy it can crush you but the only thing that's going to be so powerful okay is that you simply turn to the force, you turn to God, you turn to the static energy, you think about that, you think about moving it into you, you think about it's love, you think about it's its companionship with you, it's, it's in it with you. This here is the beginning of emanating an energy or a, a power, a frequency, a state of mind, call it whatever you want. Then you begin moving at that point what we consider what we call the pyramid. The pyramid you move from your inner body outward, and it's like a big power snowball blizzard plow. It's pushing this this heavy dough energy, which is a substance. And when you understand and you see the fuzz in the air, and I say to you, well, this is the frequency of God. In that fuzz are other layers on lower frequencies or lower... Uh, like radio stations moving through cable TV or satellite station there's varieties so are you subjected to those okay so frequencies are still these emotions if you will that are become a collective of people's thoughts it becomes a thing okay so when you have enough correctness or enough energy that you've turned to the universe you now have a fuel to say, okay, I need to move this back. And this is why we say there's a pyramid. It doesn't mean there's literally a pyramid, but your mind needs to have, as long as you're in an organic form, it needs structural things it can relate to. So it doesn't literally make a pyramid, but it, in a sense by saying a pyramid, it's the structure that tells you you can receive energy from the universe because this is ingrained into our thinking from pyramids. Okay, At the same time, it's a super powerful, timeless structure that in, in, in its own essence is is indestructible. And so you are maintaining by moving it out through this energy that you've harnessed from the universe. It's the fuel. And then when we talk about, you know, webbing, it's not like there's literally webbing, but it's people's thoughts on you. It's them wanting something from you or to control you, to manipulate you, their desire or what they want to get from you or whatever, whatnot. These are our thoughts and we live in a, a planet that is Wi-Fi, but it's also all interconnected. This goes back into Sheldrake's work about collective consciousness and everything. Well, if you really think about it, we're all kind of connected to one another. and In so doing, we are constantly molding and shaping and manipulating everybody else around us. So when we say you need to cut the cords, what we're saying is, is that you imagine a sword because your mind can understand, okay, it's sharp. It's going to cut. We use it for cutting every day. It gets that. It doesn't mean there's literally a sword, but it's, it's a concept your mind can work with. And the results are really quick. And you simply move the sword as if you're handling it, cutting these cords. And what you're really saying to the energy you've built up, it's, it's to say, let go of all these things that are attaching to me it's kind of like octopuses with suction, you know, cups on you. It's it's to say that you're removing it because how else do you know to remove it? What what means do you have to get rid of that? There's different approaches, okay? But when everything is so immensely on you, the first step is simply just to to cut them and release them back to where wherever they came from and then they can't reattach if you're building your pyramid per se. But as you become more Powerful in your tonal, your tonal becomes more enriched with the universe, the force. Then what happens is, is that these um, thought waves cannot attach to you no more. You're aware of them, but that's the difference. You're aware of them, so you have more control. Your awareness is so sensitive, it's like it's like you can listen to, the, to music on a station. You can feel what your mind, what it, these intentions are. Do you see what I'm saying? When you're not strong in the force, okay, when you're not kind of spiritually in the right place, then they attach to you and you're not aware they're there, you just feel as if there's this immense drain in your life and this, this anxiety. And the anxiety doesn't even have to be your own. It's other people's anxiety on you.
3: On that note, we did have a student message us not too long ago about a presentation she had done in class. Person before her was noticeably nervous. She, on the other hand, getting ready to go, felt very prepared and very confident. As she approached the front of the class when it was her turn, uh, it seemed like something had switched that all of a sudden she had anxiety or nervousness and she didn't really know what was happening uh, as far as the, the switch from one emotion to
2: the other, and was just wondering what your take on that is. This is what we call a simulation. Mm -hmm. Once you begin developing your spiritual self, there are, of course, some risks and pitfalls that you have to be mindful of, hence the word mindful, okay? First of all, when you, of course, see someone who's up doing a lecture and they're having a a anxiety moment okay you're going to as a human being be able to read all those and of course have your own inner fears maybe welling in the back but you're trying to keep it down so i think it's incorrect to just always jump to the the spiritual uh um View of of it always being all spiritual. I think it's, a lot of things are organic. They're through they're through anxiety, normal anxiety that we would all experience. One can be very confident before you go on stage and think, ah, oh, you know, I'm going to go up there, I'm going to kick butt. When you go up there and you look at everybody, there is that normal fear of judgment and you know whether you're going to stutter, how well you're going to do. But it's that fear of non acceptance that that really does a job on us. Okay, so I'm not so sure that that person was having a, a spiritual or, or psychic uh, uh, episode, but, you know, if I was to try to look at it from that perspective and say there's a, a fair chance that that is the case, then when one who has a, a decent level of tonal, because they've been working on themselves, this is where you start getting into telepathy, clairvoyance, um, what we call... a uh, um, you know, uh, uh, psychic sensory. Okay, um, this starts to come naturally, but most people aren't aware that it's happening. And what happens is you look at someone and you begin to realize the level of what they're feeling, and you assimilate it. You literally begin your 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 dimensional body, your soul, is connected to everything and anything that you you focus your mind on especially if you do it from this this chest center and the more that you work in your tonal the more you're in your chest center without thinking about it okay so if she is observing this other person or he then they're connecting to that person's frequency again like emotion okay and they're mirroring it and by mirroring it it's it's like you're trying to figure out what that person's feeling so it's empathy okay empathetic becomes an empathic thing so your empathy makes you feel what they're feeling and you forget that it's not yours it belongs to them and this is a way of what we call a simulation a simulation is when you either look at a person or an object and you begin to use your mind to feel what it feels like to be that structure that mass this begins expanding your consciousness very rapidly this practice and so They began assimilating, so moving from empathetic, they were becoming this person, in a sense analyzing them, probably without realizing they were doing it. By going up on the stage, they were remaining that person, or they were overlaid with the mirroring of that person's frequencies, feelings, do you understand? And this is what started to railroad their own thought process, their own gathering. But I don't know if I would lean towards that being the answer in this case. I'd probably lean on it as anxiety get in front of a group. I mean, I've seen it many times.
1: I have a similar experience. Uh, In this case, I was completely alone in the dentist's office. Uh, I have never been afraid of the dentist because I never had any cavities and never had to do anything dramatical. So I have always been very comfortable going to the dentist. In any case, I was in the waiting room, and all of a sudden I was getting nervous, and I felt like the room was making me nervous.
2: Well, I, again, um, you know, I think that there could be two answers. Mm-hmm. I like logic also, and mm-hmm. I think this is where the new age and, and kind of, you know, spiritual fuzz stuff, I call it, mm-hmm. gets a little carried away. We got we to gotta kind of look at things intelligently and in a human aspect, And this is what allows us to evolve to a psychic aspect that's pure, real, and and gives powerful results. You simply could have had for the first time, you know, you could hear drilling down there, and you're like, well, maybe it's the first time I have a cavity and they're going to have to work on when I never had one. These can be true anxieties. And your mind is just reeling at all these possibilities. Now, the psychic aspect of this or the spiritual, which I would put this under psychic, because there's a difference between spiritual and psychic. As you know, I, I teach both, okay, for a good reason. Having said that, everything is imbued. What imbued means is that if you were to magnetize something that wasn't magnetic, a piece of metal, you take electricity, you magnetize it through that electricity, and it affects it in such a way that it changes its composition to become magnetic, okay? Simple terms, Google it. So in essence, as thinking living beings, we have an electromagnetic field that emanates from us, okay? We have an energy field, okay? As I said earlier with the aura, all objects have an aura. Inanimate objects have an aura. The difference is they don't have an intelligence to to kind of create its own emotional or changing uh, pattern per se. So when you have an environment that has people in there and are having anxiety, this anxiety is like electricity to the metal or, or uh, water to fabric. It's it's soaking into everything and it's programming. This is what we call imbuing. It's a feeling or a vibration. It's a, a dominant uh, uh, frequency because everybody going in there, the vast majority, are having anxiety and fear. So this becomes the most saturated thing. This becomes the most dominant. When you are of an empathic level, meaning that you're a person who tends to feel what other people feel, that your chest center is the most dominant, or you're in the chest center, which is love, which means you're almost kind of pulling things into you okay you can do this without realizing you're doing it so this becomes this feeling that you feel and it it's it's like a, a computer program or in some ways like a virus people are, are educated enough to understand what that means so you are in a sense an electrical being your hardware is organic but it's still hardware your brain runs an operations and if you damage it it damages the whole system yada yada so When you go near something that has a dominant program and you're unaware of filtering it out, okay, it seeps into your programming and you all of a sudden assume it's what you're feeling. You take it on as if this is a natural sense that you're having and it becomes so um, intoxicating okay, that you almost can't gather your own wits to center yourself to move it out of you or to, to, to kind of uh, uh, control where it's coming from and push it out. It's like almost like the thought is not occurring to you because you, you have so much anxiety. This is why it takes training to be mindful. It takes training through just basic meditation that you, you just realize it. You see that there's something happening. You know that you're feeling all this anxiety. And the second that you saying, why am I feeling this way, that is you in the second state. You're already analyzing. What you need to do then is say, okay, I need to control this. And the first thing you do is you go to your meditation practice, take your your slow breath in, and immediately you're going to feel that eroding because you're taking back the programming of your your energy field, your consciousness, and you're moving it out of you. And this is going to slowly bring your emotions back down to a stable place. But everything has programming in it. Uh, I often say to people, if they don't believe me, I say, well, put on a friend's shirt. If you put on your friend's shirt for a few moments, everybody knows this. You feel like your friend. It feels weird. And then after a few moments, it's as if your energy oversaturates it and reprograms it. And then you start to feel normalized slowly. Okay, It's the same thing about going into a home. You can go in a home that looks absolutely pristine, clean, beautiful, modern, and you walk in there and it's like, no, this is dreadful feeling I have in here. Most people don't feel that. Only really intuitive people, spiritual people can sense that. Okay, unless it's so awful, immediately anybody can sense it. So you can go into a house that's maybe not so fluffed up, pretty and nice. And most people say, oh, it's kind of dark and shadowy in here and stuff. But you feel like just laying down on the couch, relax, chit-chatting, because the energy is better in there. So it has nothing to do with visual. This is the point I'm making. It has everything to do with the programming of the people who live there that have created the most dominant energy. Okay, you can have an argument in your house, but most of the time you might be in a good place. So that's going to be the dominant energy there. It's not going to be that negative energy. If you go to a place where people are constantly fighting and there's constant negative energy or worse, okay, then that's going to be the dominant. And the worst thing is, is that it starts to make people go into what I call the boomerang effect or like with a microphone and a speaker. It goes blah, 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 okay? It's the same thing because that negative energy now is feeding into their fighting, escalating more of the programming back in the house, and it just gets worse and worse and worse. So in essence, you have to be mindful of these things. This is, again, more training. We teach on this in, in more in-depthly because this is a whole training process for all these things. But at the end of the day, that's what's going on is more than likely you're feeling what's programmed into the environment the same way you can go to a place and feel it same way you can go to a town and be like oh I, I i just don't like this town and then other people who are there you get conditioned to it you you don't it's almost like you've immersed yourself i bet you when you, if you were new to that town you had to live there you probably had a lot of issues with it but you adjust to that environment the secret is don't allow yourself to adjust push it off build a field work with that so that you can keep the clear state of consciousness
3: is there an opposite to prana energy?
2: Well, this goes into the dark side. You know, this is a, a topic that's very complex. And, uh, you know, uh, to, to kind of break it down, there's, there's simple levels of approach in it and there's more complex. You know, when I speak of the static in the air and people are able to see it, I often will teach my students that there's actually two little dots and one is blue and one is red. This red isn't a brilliant red. It's more like a dark brownish red almost, and the blue, of course, is also a little bit darkish, but not because it's like dark in a bad way. It's just how the human eye perceives it. As you you intensify and you start to look through what I call a uh, a cosmic vision, if you will. A, It's almost as if you build up your tonal so strong or your mind is able to move in and see the static and you you start zooming in. It's like you look closer and closer to your eye. You can see the ones that are closest. They become more illuminated because you're starting to see not only through your organic self, you're starting to see through an additional sensory, psychic sensory, a spiritual sensory. It's like, it's like two eyes built into one and you see levels of higher truth. And in there, is the dynamic of what I consider the dark side, the dark force. And it is it's there as, as well as there is the force. and it's like your yin and yang, if you will. And in essence, that would be considered the prana just like i say the blue is the prana of the force then the red is going to be the dark side it's and it's not to say it's a diabolical like you know thing it's to say that it's a negative energy that seeks the dismantling of reality and life and there are people who harness that for destructive reasons and want to prevent life from proliferating from from expanding into the universe or to thrive it wants to literally suppress it, if you will. And that's putting it in, in the, the nicest forms. And I've go into all of this right. quite extensively so people understand what it is. But you have to focus on it or really put your mind dedicated to that to even attract that. You 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 know, any white cell, particularly listening to me, there there's there is no inclination to even be able to draw that's almost like repelled from them. So, it's the force that will move to you and some people will say, well, when I'm bringing in the, the static energy or the prawn in me, how do I know if I'm not getting some of the red I, again, here we go with a, a magnet and I would say, well, there's, imagine dirt on the ground and when you're a kid, you get a magnet and you move it through the ground and you lift it away. You don't have sand stuck to it, you have black iron, okay, metal. It's the same thing. When you open yourself to love, when you open yourself to bringing in the love of the universe and reciprocate it back and you feel like you can be loved, the only thing that's possibly going to be attracted to you is the force, is God, the universe. And literally as it's moving or condensing towards you, it literally shoves and pushes the red energy away. And you can literally watch this if you're aware enough. It's very interesting.
3: Is it the frequency that dictates the color that one is seeing?
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Your mood is an extension of the frequency you often will, will do both in the beginning at the same time because you're you're still thinking of yourself organic and you're training yourself to be more aware of these higher places. Eventually, this is where you get into non-thought. And then most people think non-thought is not thinking at all, and that's absolutely not true. You're you're completely thinking. In fact, you're highly more intelligent and your ability to take in data or information or have thoughts is far superior than to having words in your head. Words in your head are simply a mimicking of you learning how to use sound and project it. So your, your brain has created this, this kind of vo- voice in your head. As you begin to separate the two and move into non-thought, you have this profound awareness that is able now to move into what we consider a higher consciousness because there's no words, it's not organic, it's not human. So in order to move into that state, you need to, to let a part of yourself move into or learn how to move into that and operate with that state of thinking. So. Um, your emotional state or your frequency is going to definitely lead to one way or the other. This is why you have to try to be mindful if you're angry. Does it bleed over into a spiritual aspect? For me, I can get angry I get, yeah. I get, you know, just like anybody else, but there has always been an excellent level of control in me to make sure it never bleeds over into what I can do psychically or spiritually. And I I consider that a blessing for everybody, but it's not to say you can't get angry. It's just a matter of, you know, sometimes, especially in matters of the heart and love, that you become so obsessive with your love for someone that you begin to think that you cannot do anything more than to to rectify the problem if it's not going your way that you start to think about other tools at your possession per se spiritually or psychically and I think that this is a temptation for almost anybody under extreme situations and the beauty about it is is that you know one of course should never do anything negative and it's pushing the force away from you but you know the force is very forgiving And it's very loving. And if you reconcile that difference in yourself and you open yourself to the force and you realize the error of your ways, the force will move that all out of you, wash it out of you per se. And this is where you get into different religions because they're dialed in to some degree. It's just that we've taken it to an extreme level because of our desire to understand the mechanisms of the universe.
0: A lot of people ask us, where is the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the Foundation Meditation System. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation Meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, Or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now. Order your set and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. Follow us on Instagram at Higher Balance Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review so you can help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you'd like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com.
2: Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy, more than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions, more than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather A vivid reality so clear, it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life. Consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world.
0: Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.